Hi there. Welcome to Next Creator Up. My name is Aaron Prudell. Each week I speak with an emerging or established creator in one of numerous fields to explore their heart, mind, work, and process. Wherever you are in your creative journey, you'll get a number of tips and insights to help you get past your blocks and bring your ideas to life. Hey creators, before we get started, just a quick note. You can receive updates for the show, as well as special offers and exclusive content, including unaired lightning round Q&A by joining Creative Lightning. It's a free newsletter full of little inspirational nuggets that could help you bring your ideas to life. Learn more and sign up at nextcreatorup.com slash creativelightning. Corey Celeste is a composer, songwriter, singer, and music producer. She writes for nearly every medium imaginable, including films, immersive experiences, and notably podcasts. Among other audio drama podcasts, she's composed for Return Home and won an Audioverse Award for Best Original Music. In this episode, we discuss taking a leap for your art, her composing work, and the importance of taking breaks for her creativity. This was a fun interview and pairs well with episode five, which features Jeff Heimbuck, the creator of Return Home. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Without further ado, please welcome our next creator up, Corey Celeste. Corey, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm very excited. Um, uh, a friend of ours, Jeff, uh, who's been on the show before, uh, put us mm-hmm. together and in contact here. And I'm extremely excited to, uh, to talk to you today. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. So can you give us a quick summary of who you are and what you're working on? Well, I am a composer. Um, I write music for pretty much all kinds of media, um, specifically podcasts like audio dramas, uh, short films and immersive theater. A lot of it's like kind of horror based. So a lot of it's kind of scary. So I write a lot of like scary music, but I also write like all different types of music for all different types of projects. Awesome. When did you know you wanted music to be a big part of your life? Were there any specific events that helped foster your love for music? You know, it really kind of was just always a thing. Like, I just don't really remember a time where I wasn't like thinking of like, ooh, I want to be a singer or ooh, I want to play guitar. And it kind of just like carried on. And then when I was around 10, my dad passed away from cancer And it kind of was just like one of those times where obviously you're like 10 years old, you don't really know what any of this is. And to process it, I really kind of turned to music. And after all of that, it kind of just became like my thing. And I just really like followed through with it and I didn't have any backup plans. So here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a particular song that that you wrote that you know, like you like you said, you were processing that? Uh, was mm-hmm. there a song that comes to mind that that really encapsulated the emotion you felt at that time? Hmm. I mean, I was listening to a lot of like early like emo music, you know. So I think when I was growing up, I was writing like a lot of like rock music and a lot of like singer songwriter stuff and. I used to like be much more of like a, a singer songwriter. Now I'm definitely just more of a composer, but I just remember like always writing lyrics that were very similar to like Panic at the Disco, really. <laughs> so that was kind of like the the type of music that really like spoke to me at that time and got me really pumped up about working in music. Right. And then you went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So 
What's the most helpful thing that you learned when studying music in school? And then what's one vital lesson you could only learn through experience? Um, well, I mean, obviously, aside from just like the normal basics of how to actually write music, because I had no idea what I was doing when I walked in there. I actually graduated high school early and went to college like a few weeks after I graduated. So I kind of was like pretty in over my head with all of it. You know, I was like definitely like terrified. And um, so I, I didn't really know too much about music at that point. So obviously I learned a whole bunch of stuff. I think the most important thing that I learned was from my scoring for film professor who is like, he works in the industry. He is a composer. And one day he just told us like, you know, I sometimes just feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I've been doing this for years. And I still to this day, like will sometimes be like, I don't know how I did this. I don't know how I'm successful. And he basically gave us a piece of advice that was like, you know, whenever you guys feel like stressed out or in over your head, or like, you don't know what you're doing, just remember that it's not brain surgery. We're just writing music. And like, <laughs> honestly, as like crazy as that sounds, it was like the best piece of advice I've ever gotten because I was just immediately like, oh, you're right. It's not that big of a deal. I should just be like enjoying the process. And I think that that kind of brings you back down to earth sometimes when you're being all creative and you're all in your head about it. I think it just is a humble reminder. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious though, if there are brain surgeons that are listening to music uh, <laughs> during the brain surgery. So not that I want to put undue pressure on the Ooh, next song. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I know podcasts is uh, a, a lot of the composing you're doing right now is for podcasts. How did you originally get involved in composing for podcasts? Well, actually, so uh, Jeff, who we were talking about before, um, he is one of my best friends. We met uh, like four years ago and we got just really, really close. And he kind of came to me with this idea for an audio drama podcast, which I didn't even really know what that was. Uh, I Like the best comparison he gave me was like, you know, like old time radio shows. And I was like, okay, yeah. And so he was, he asked me if I wanted to like be the composer. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I know how to do that yet. Cause I was like still in college. I was like, this is like the first time I had ever really written music for something that wasn't a project. And uh, that's I kind of just got thrown right into it. And he had a lot of trust in me and it ended up working out really well. Yeah, I mean, it worked out really well. You won an Audioverse Award for Best Original Music for the Return Home theme. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I listened to it quite a bit. Um, one, because I interviewed Jeff, so I was listening to that beforehand as <laughs> <Right>. well, too. <laughs> uh, right. And then having you on the show. Um, but to me, the it feels both beautiful and eerie, the results of uh, your work there. Can you describe the process from idea to creation and how the theme came to be? You know, it it's hard because I don't remember specifics really, because like I said, it was like, I was still in college. I am pretty sure it was the first piece of music I wrote for the show just in general. And I know that Jeff and I really sat down and we like had a whole conversation about like what we wanted it to sound like and what we were thinking. And he sent me a bunch of like, uh, like, you know, reference tracks, just random pieces of music. And I, 
I'm not sure. I want to say that one of the pieces of music he sent me was from the movie Beaches with Bette Midler, <laughs> which is like so random. And I like made fun of him forever about that. But like, I want to say that that was one of the pieces that was like an inspir, like what some song from that movie was like an inspiration. And I think I really just kind of sat down and was like, well, I guess I'm just going to start with a piano melody because I feel like it needs to be like kind of weird and pretty, but kind of creepy. So I just started like playing around and I think I kind of just fell on something that I liked and I wanted like a, like a droning noise at the, you know, in like the lower end so that it sounds like creepy and kind of weird. And I don't know, it kind of just all came together. And like, I really only wrote one version of it and sent it to him. And he was like, all right, this is it. We did it. We have a theme. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Beaches, was that, that's Wind Beneath My Wings. Isn't that from the same? <laughs> yes. Did, did Jeff send you Wind Beneath My Wings? I don't think it was that song, but like I, he sent me a couple different ones. And I remember being like, what? What? This has nothing to do with anything. And he was like, no, just listen to the music. It's so good. And yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> that inspired it. So both Return Home and another podcast you're working on, Uncanny County, are mm-hmm. horror comedies. Uh, mm-hmm. What draws you to this specific genre? I mean, it is, it's a weird, it's a weird genre for sure. Um, I think just in general, like I love like horror comedy movies too. I think it's really fun to have that juxtaposition of like, this is scary, this is weird, this is dark. And then there's like a joke or something that kind of makes you feel comfortable again. And then they just get you again, you know, with making you feel creepy. And I think with Return Home specifically, I think like that's kind of been our thing is like some of our episodes are like really scary. And then like, other episodes like uh we did a whole catfish parody like the mtv reality show we did an entire parody episode where we were like we recorded the podcast as if it were the mtv show catfish (laughs) and the cool thing about that is that it gives me the opportunity to not just write like the same kind of like scary music constantly like oh like you know, like using synths and doing all of that with, with return home specifically, I get a lot of opportunities to write different types of music just because like we have so many different scenarios and it like allows me to kind of like branch out. So like for the catfish episode, for example, we, I wrote like a bunch of like pop music because in the show, all of the transition scenes have like pop music. So I got to like write some cool beats and do that. And like, even like, I had like a song that I sang and wrote and like some of our actors had songs that they sang and wrote and we put in the episode. And it's like really cool to be able to not just only be writing like scary music. Like I get to kind of like branch out a little bit. Absolutely. Was, was there one that Jeff threw at you that was just, you know, the most challenging for you? You didn't, uh, you didn't really have an idea of what you were going to do at the beginning of it. Man, I feel like, that used to happen a lot more, I think, at the beginning. I think now the show is so weird that I feel like I'm pretty grounded in how weird it is. So everything, it just kind of flows naturally. But, um, oh, there was the episode with the bijou, which I hate. I hate the bijou. It's like the most annoying. It's just Jeff's voice, like super high pitch and super annoying. And I had to write like a theme for it. And I didn't know what to do because it's so... It's like one of the ridiculous parts of our show and I had no idea what to do. And like, I basically just like 
used a tuba and like made that a thing. And like, it's just still like, Jeff thinks it's like such a funny piece of music and I hate it. But like, yeah, sometimes the show gets weird and I don't know what to do. And I kind of just have to like experiment and figure it out and hope it works. Yeah, yeah, talk to that a little bit, actually. I'm very curious about any type of experimentation. I'd imagine Jeff experiments with some things to see how they work as well, and then thus you have to experiment. Uh, Was the tuba something you started with or that you just eventually experimented into? Uh, Honestly, it's like it is we really the whole show is basically us experimenting, I think. I think a lot of it, like we spend a lot of time together, Jeff and I. So like I think we kind of like are typically on the same page with everything, but like for instances like that, it kind of just ends up with me like writing a bunch of different stuff and just trying like from like all different ends of the spectrum, just trying to get something that sounds okay. So like I went to the tuba because I figure like, I don't know, that's kind of funny. Like it's like a funny, weird instrument. Like, let me just try something with that. And like it ended up working out pretty well. (laughs) Well, so who who would you say you've drawn the most from uh, musically? You know, who who are your major influences and what about their work or process has most inspired and helped you with yours? Hmm. Um, I think on like a large scale, even though I don't really write the same type of music, uh, Tom Petty is my all time favorite musician. And I think like I probably wouldn't even be doing what I do if it weren't for his music, Um, even though I'm writing completely different, you know, completely different style. I mean, I'm like a composer, so I'm not, you know, like singing and songwriting as much anymore. But he is like an, he's an incredible songwriter. And I think he just, I think I always felt so drawn to his music just because he writes so much. And like, even when there aren't lyrics, even when you're just focusing on like the instrumental, there's just so much emotion in it. And then on like the other end too, like film composers are like most of the time what I turn to for inspiration. And Ennio Morricone is my all-time favorite. And he is really well known for using different instruments that you wouldn't necessarily expect in like certain settings. And like he really is so great at utilizing all different types of instruments. And that's kind of what I try to do as much as I can. I always like to experiment and, and try something that you might not think will work, but if you do it the right way, it might work, you know, and that's kind of been like my, my favorite way to approach music. And I definitely learned that all from Morricone. Was there a particular, you know, song that you composed that you were just surprised about where your experimentation took you that you had maybe a vision of it being one way and it just was completely different by the time uh, your experiments ended? I feel like that's what happens pretty much every time. I feel like every every idea that I have, everything that I, I think I'm going to do, I always end up not really doing because I kind of think once you actually sit down and start playing, it, you just you kind of just like let it happen if, if it's flowing naturally and it's like a, you know, but um. I specifically, uh, this season on Return Home, I we had an episode where we uh, have a new character, Stephen Lundy, and I was really excited to write a theme for him because, uh, you know, he's just such a, a great character with such a great voice. And I had such a different idea of what that was going to sound like. 
until I started like actually doing it. And now it's like one of my favorite pieces that I've ever written, but it's completely different than what I ever thought it would sound like. I, I find really fascinating the fact that there are uh, the creative process is so different with one one show versus another. So I know for Jeff, uh, you have a, a a long friendship, and so to a degree, you're completing each other's sentences. Uh, mm-hmm. For Uncanny County, uh, what is the process like in creating the music uh, for that show and the collaboration? So, yeah. So when I did the episode for them, um, it was very. I mean, it's it's definitely always interesting starting to work with like a different creator because I am so used to working with Jeff and that's kind of what, what got me started. And then um, once I started branching out and stuff, uh, I realized that the process is pretty much the same, except there's a lot more back and forth. So like with Uncanny County, it was a lot of just like communication and a lot of uh, sending me ideas and sending me things that inspired them. I My favorite thing is when uh, a creator sends me like music that they listened to when they wrote an episode of something or when they got the idea to do something like that's always super helpful because even if it's not exactly what they want, I kind of understand like where they're coming from musically and specifically with them, like they sent me so much music that I was kind of able to like piece together. Okay. So this is probably what they want. And then it's just a lot of back and forth and sending kind of rough ideas and being like, all right, am I, am I in the right, am I going in the right direction? And, you know, it's kind of just like a, a constant back and forth until we all kind of figure out like, oh, this is exactly what we want. This is perfect. And, you know, that's typically how it goes. Gotcha. Yeah. What do you do outside of music that helps you tap into your creative energy? Do you have any hobbies that rejuvenate you? Um, I mean, in all honesty, I, I really do spend like, a majority of my time writing or listening to music or going to see live music. But, um, you know, I'm, I also really just like to watch movies and watch TV shows. And, uh, you know, I think just, just being around my friends and, and hanging out and kind of like stepping away, because I think being a composer can be a little bit lonely sometimes just because even though I'm working for other people and writing music for other people's projects, I'm usually writing that music alone. And sometimes it's just really nice to like step outside and like not be like just hold up in my apartment writing music all the time. Sometimes it's just nice to like get out and like go hang out with friends and do whatever. And that's usually what I need when I'm kind of feeling like a little bit of like writer's block. I just need some time to like spend with other people basically do you find that you'll be maybe hanging out with friends and then just randomly you're in a restaurant uh the idea or solution for something you've been working on just kind of pops in your head oh yeah that happens a lot and it's really frustrating because you know i never have like all of my equipment with me but i definitely will like open up like the notes on my phone and just start like writing all of the ideas i have and stuff and like try not to forget everything but yeah So uh, I know there's a lot of research out there on how music positively affects our brain and mood and helps get the creative juices flowing. You know, like you said, the uh, creators that you work with for the podcast, they're listening to music when they're writing their shows and it's inspiring 
them. So are you familiar with any of this research and has it been your experience for yourself, for your creative work that listening to music has really helped uh, bring your creativity to the forefront? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, my whole entire life has basically revolved around music. And I just feel like it makes such a big difference in my life in general. You know, I I think it's like always the thing that like, if I'm feeling sad, it completely pulls me out of that. And I think it just, it just, it's so, I think everyone can relate to music in a very specific kind of way. And I think that, you know, especially if you're exploring different types of music and stuff, I just think you learn so much. And I think it kind of humbles you and makes you realize like, oh man, like there's this beautiful art out here that like we can all enjoy. And I think that, you know, it's definitely like one of the most important things that like we all just kind of like take a moment and just like find music that we feel like we can connect to. Cause I think it really does make everyone happy, you know? Absolutely. Is there a particular song or artist you're really connecting to right now? Ooh. Um, I mean, again, I don't want to keep to I don't want to talk about Tom Petty all the time, but I am I do like, know. I totally do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. We could oh. easily make an entire episode just about Tom Petty. Yeah, I think we should just make this episode about Tom Petty, honestly. <laughs> all right. No. Um, it's uh so you know, he just came out with like all of the all of like the legacy collection stuff. And um I am just it's so fun to explore everything that he's done and I think it's just, it, it makes me so happy to listen to his music. And I have so many great memories connected to a lot of his music, but even like the newer, like the stuff that is now just being released. Um, I'm just like, wow, this is insane. And obviously like we lost him way, way, way too soon. But I think just, uh, I've been listening to just so much of him and so much of his first band mud crutch and, uh, the traveling Wilburys. And I just, I think that they just make all of that music just makes me want to be a better musician, you know? Absolutely. Are, are you someone who listens to a, a song on repeat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what is the Tom Petty song that you have on repeat most regularly? I would say I think I listen to The Waiting a lot. I think that that is a perfect Tom Petty song. I think it is such a fun song to listen to. Everyone knows the words. Everyone wants to dance around to it. It's also like one of my go-to karaoke songs. Um, and it's just like, it's such a happy, good song. And I I listen to it all the time. Um, and I remember like specifically, like I'll go through like phases with different songs, but this is always the the song that comes back around for me. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm curious, you know, because you work professionally in music. And then, of course, you know, you, you get to that because you love music to begin with. When you become a professional, do you start looking at music differently? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I think I think the hardest part about that is just like you start you have a lot of pressure on yourself to write music suddenly when like before you were just kind of doing it for fun and it was something that was that was relaxing and now it's kind of like there are some times where I'm just like oh I'm like so nervous about writing this piece especially when I'm writing for other people and I'm like contributing to their vision and I want to make sure I'm like delivering the absolute best thing that I can deliver for them and sometimes it's just like the pressure that you put on yourself makes it 
so much more challenging than it needs to be because honestly, like the best way to go about writing music is to just like enjoy the process. But like, I think that once you kind of make it your career, I think it, you know, it just comes with the territory. I think you just get a little bit more like stressed out about it. And uh, that's definitely something that I have to like constantly like remind myself to be like, no, 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 it's okay. Like you like doing this. This is going to be okay. How do you, how do you deal with that? Aside from reminding yourself that, that pressure, you know, when you have to deliver, you know, on a timeline for a project. I honestly, it's just all about being patient and allowing yourself the time to naturally kind of get where you need to be. Um, I think that the worst thing that you can do is like sit down and be like, okay, I have a deadline. I need to, I need to do this. I'm going to write this right now. I think that always is just a recipe for disaster. I think it makes you start to like resent the project. And I think it just adds to the stress level. So I usually just try to like do like five minute increments where it's like, all right, I have a piece of music I need to write. I'm going to sit down, give myself five minutes and see what I come up with. If it starts flowing and I want to keep going, then I will. And if it's not, then I'm going to get up and take a break and go do something else and then come back to it. I think it's just like all about like allowing yourself to get there and not putting pressure on yourself to get something done because if you do that, you're not, it's not going to be good. It's never good when you, when you feel a lot of anxiety about it. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and it sounds like it's trusting the process. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely have to trust the process, which is so hard. I mean, it's, it's super hard. I still struggle with it all the time where there are times where I have a project and you know, I, I'm really excited about it. And then I start getting really in my head about it. And I'm like, I don't know, is this really what they want? Is this, am I going in the right direction? You know? And I think it's just like the most important thing is just like, trust yourself, trust the process. And like, it always ends up working out. You know, I think as long as you put the work in, it always ends up working out. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, you, you're delivering these. So is, uh, to, to various creators. So is music currently your full-time focus or do you do other work to support your art? Yeah, right now I am just a full-time freelance composer, which has been super, super awesome so far. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, it's risky. It's a risky place to be, but it's been uh, going really well for me. And it's really exciting to just like wake up every day and like all of my energy is going into the music I'm writing. And I think that like the past couple months I've been writing music that I'm really proud of because I'm like allowing myself to like fully dedicate all my time to it. You know, that's great. I, I think that's the the dream and ambition of a lot of people. Uh, yeah. What what was the last uh, job that you had to supplement your art? And, and what was that process and decision like for you to decide to you know, go full time uh, on your art. This actually just happened too. Um, so I moved to LA about a year and a half ago. And as soon as I got here, I knew I wanted to explore other aspects of the music industry because I went to college to be a composer or a music producer. And specifically, I my like dream job is to be a film composer. But you know, you don't just like get that job that just doesn't happen. So I was I, you know, I have to figure out a way to dedicate my life to music, but still make money. 
And um, I started interning at a recording studio in West Hollywood. And then from there, I ended up getting hired to work there. And I basically just did a bunch of random things for this recording studio for about a year. And it was a, I mean, it was a great job. And I was around people that loved music and I was around music all the time, but kind of just got to a point where I wasn't focused on what I need to be focused on. And like, I had learned through being at this job, like, oh, I don't think I want to be an engineer. I don't think I want to work in a studio setting for the rest of my life. I I enjoyed it for the time, but I think I kind of realized like, oh, like I'm definitely much happier when I'm, you know, at home writing music for things. And when I'm pretty much focused on that and I kind of just had to make the decision to, to leave, which it was a, it was a difficult decision, but so far it's worked out pretty well. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. Uh, Is it, old-fashioned networking or whatnot that that helps get the the next job how do you go about you know staying uh, busy finding your next project or client or yeah um it's definitely it's definitely about networking and talking to as many people as you can and putting yourself out there and just uh my whole thing has always just been like all right well everything i do i'm just gonna going to post about it online and I'm going to talk to people. And, you know, basically it's just kind of been word of mouth for me so far, especially in like the, the audio drama community, because it's kind of a, it's a small community and there are a lot of people creating and it's like a great place for someone to, to kind of go in and be like, Hey, I have a skill. I write music. And if you need music, I'm right here. And like, that's kind of just been the way I've been going about it. And it, you know, it's a, it's worked so far and uh, hopefully it continues to work. Absolutely. Well, if the dream is to be a film composer, I, I mean, the, the podcasts are such a great, you know, the, the narrative drama for podcasts are such a great, you know, uh, way to get to that. I mean, it's very, I'd imagine that the work would be very similar. I know you don't have the images, but the fact that it's uh, music to a narrative is a good uh, proxy for, you know, that process. Do you, do you think that is the case? Oh yeah. I think it's really, really similar. And I think in some cases, like I, I think that sometimes doing audio drama or podcast music is actually sometimes even a little bit more difficult just because you're kind of, it's every, you're, it's like you're focused on listening and your music really means something. And it's like, people aren't kind of not focused on it. I think sometimes with like film, like people don't really pay attention to film music. It's just kind of happening and it contributes to the experience. But I think that sometimes a good piece of music will really kind of like shine on its own in pod in like a, an audio drama setting, just because there's really nothing else to look at or, you know, you're kind of, your focus just kind of goes to it. And, um, you know, it does follow like a narrative and that's like the whole thing with you know, being a composer is you have to make sure you're not like stepping on the story too much, but you also want to make sure you're like contributing in a, in a specific way. So in that way, it's extremely similar. Yeah. The music carries so much more weight when you do not have the visuals to back it up. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I think that, you know, it's, especially in like a, because a lot of the stuff I do ends up being kind of scary. I think that even in that setting specifically, like the music is so important because 
you know, you have your headphones and you're listening to a podcast, like you want that music to come in and just like make it 10 times scarier. Because, you know, if you just listen to the episode with just like the sound effects and and the voice actors, yeah, it would still be scary, but you bring that that music in and it's just like suddenly like you're kind of like enveloped in this whole world and you're hearing this crazy weird music that's making you even more tense. And I think, you know, it works in horror movies as well, but I think just like just the audio itself is, I think it's really creepy. Absolutely. Do you think, at, I mean, when you watch a movie, you're either in a theater or at home. So, you know, the, the sounds coming at you differently than if you're listening to a podcast where you mm-hmm. more than likely have earphones in. So it, it's a little bit more noise canceling, right? You're a little bit more um, atmospheric. And how do you, do you take that into consideration uh, as someone who's like if you were to compose for a film versus a podcast, knowing the fact that you're more into the ear, does that play a role in how you might compose the music? Oh, yes. Um, I specifically for Return Home, I definitely pay attention to the fact that people have, you know, their headphones in and they're definitely like settled into it. And I like to kind of make the music kind of part of the experience. So I'll do things like, I don't know, like pan, like a certain sound. So like you hear only in like your right ear for a little bit. And then it kind of, it feels like it's like moving in front of you and like goes to the other ear. Like I like to kind of play with like volume and and panning and kind of focus in more on like the mixing aspect of it, just because I know that like people are are fully listening in, you know, they, they're really hearing everything. And I think just to kind of bring it outside of just like, the your headphones I think just kind of adding like audio effects that kind of make it feel a little disorienting or a little weird that's usually like such a crucial piece of creating like a scary sounding podcast music scape thing you know so what have you found most challenging thus far um in being a composer uh professionally I think just getting over that mental hurdle of like you know, constantly just putting that pressure on yourself to, to be so perfect and to write perfect music and to, you know, I just think like you, it's really easy to get in your head and start kind of worrying about, you know, well, like, oh, this, this creator, they, they're relying on me to, to write music that's going to contribute to their vision. And like, what if I can't do that? And like, you know, I think also just thinking a little too far ahead sometimes is like, it's just not good. Like worrying about like, okay, what's my next job going to be? Where am I going to go next? What's going to happen next? I think just, it's so challenging because you want, I, you know, I love what I do so much and I want to continue to do it. And I think it's just all about kind of allowing yourself to just like enjoy each project and enjoy each process that you have, like, and, and just take everything as like a, and, an experience. And I think that uh, it's really easy to just get way too caught up in your own head. And what's been most rewarding for you so far? I think um, it's, it's always, I always feel so good when I go back and listen to stuff that I wrote when I was first starting out, even some of like the early return home episodes, I listen to them and I'm like, God, I have gotten so much better. (laughs) I've definitely grown as a writer. And I think it's just hearing that, that progress. And um, I think the best feeling in the whole world is just, 
realizing like, oh, I wrote this piece of music and I actually kind of like it. Like I actually like what I did. And I think that's really rewarding. And then on top of it too, just working with so many talented people who are just coming up with these crazy cool ideas. And, you know, I get to be a part of that in my own way. And I get to kind of add to that. I think that that's just like the coolest thing in the whole entire world. It, it definitely is. I'm curious, what helped you to take that leap from the start of the show to, to now for your, you know, composing when you're looking back on that? You know, I just think like, uh, it's just been a lot of practice and a lot of like writing. I write music just all the time just to try to get better at it. And I think you kind of just gain a little bit more confidence as you go. At least that's been my experience so far. I definitely have moments of feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, but I think just, um, yeah, just, just working with so many awesome people who also kind of inspire me to like continue and to keep going. And, uh, you know, I just think like, especially with like return home, you know, the further Jeff and I get with this show, I think the more comfortable and confident we are that we're creating something that we're really proud of. And I think that that definitely adds to like the confidence level as a composer, you know? Absolutely. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give for someone who wanted to be a composer? (sighs) Well, I would definitely say write music every single day. I like whenever you get a chance, just write something, even if you're only doing it for a few minutes, just write as much as you can, because that's the only way you're going to get better is just forcing yourself to do it. Um, and then if you want to get involved with, you know, if you want to be a composer for other kinds of media, if you want to do like films or whatever, I think that the best place to start is just, you know, finding like what, like things that you like and, and, you know, things that, that you can go online and find other people who like that stuff and that are creating content around that stuff. And, kind of just get yourself involved with that. I think always starting, I think the coolest thing right now is just that we, we live in this world where we're, we, people are just putting their creative content out there for everyone to listen to or everyone to see or watch. And it's just so easy to, to make connections with people and, you know, be like, well, I also have a a thing I want to do and like finding other people to work with. So I think that like putting your music out there, getting involved with, you know, little communities like the audio drama community or, you know, web series or something like that, like anything that you're interested in. I think just getting involved and kind of starting there and working with other people and kind of climbing up that ladder together. I think that that's, at least in my experience, has been the best way to go about it. Um, And yeah, and I think just sharing music and sharing your own music and, and talking about it and kind of just getting as involved as you possibly can. That's, definitely the way to have some to gain at least some kind of traction as a composer. Absolutely. So one of our primary goals for Next Creator Up is to share good creative work. So with this in mind, what is something that you think is very shareworthy? It could be a book, a film, a TV show, an app, some cool tool or product. Well, it's funny, actually, um, Last night, I randomly started binge watching uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on uh, Amazon Prime. And I am just so obsessed with everything about it. It has like, 
it's just one of those shows that you just kind of start watching and you just, I just connected to it so hard. And I think uh, just the whole story about like the fact that, uh, you know, she's a female comedian in a time where like that wasn't really heard of or allowed. I think it's just like, it's so cool to watch this and to watch her just like be herself. And I think like the show itself is so good. The music is really good in the show too, which always helps. And uh, I've just felt really inspired by it. And I've been definitely binging it and I'm almost done with the second season. And I just, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing show. I love it. I've, uh, I, I put, I couldn't put it down. I was so excited when the second season came out and uh, it didn't even last uh, two days. So. Oh yeah. I'm, that's definitely what I'm doing after we're done recording this. I'm <laughs> going to go watch it. And I just, I love, you know, because I am a woman that works in a pretty male dominated industry. Most composers that people know of are male. Um, so it's kind of like, it's always inspiring to find, you know, content or stories or whatever that I feel like I can relate to just on that level alone. Um, and that's, this show has just been like so inspiring. Is there a song or an idea that came to you while watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that maybe inspired a piece of music that you're working on currently? Um, I don't know if it directly inspired like like sound wise but I do know that after watching a few episodes I like paused and I was like "Ooh, I've been working on this piece of music for this other podcast and like now I feel like I have like the energy and the excitement and the inspiration to just go back and like work on it a little bit more because it's been like one of those projects that's been a little bit more frustrating and has taken a little bit more time to kind of make perfect and I kind of felt a little bit like, okay, you know what? I can, I can do this right now. I I'm going to, I'm going to go try again. And, uh, and that's like the best because sometimes it's really hard to inspire yourself to keep trying. And I think that the show really got me kind of pumped up about it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that that happens a lot with good creative work that it kind of really fuels you or inspires your own work in general, just helps you get through, you know, the, uh, the grind, so to speak? Oh, yeah. I think that like my favorite thing to do is to when I'm writing music, when I have like a day of of working on a project, I like to take breaks and like go watch a movie or go watch a TV show or even like go on YouTube and watch YouTube videos. I think just watching other people and seeing like and hearing what they do and watching what they do, I think it just like inherently makes you want to go make cool stuff, too. And a lot of times that's kind of how I get out of my own head. And I remember that they're there's there are people that are out there doing this and and it's okay and I can like take a moment and kind of ground myself and then go back to it and you know there and then of course there are also times where like I watch a movie and like the score is so good that it makes me just want to go write a piece of music that's you know similar or whatever you know I think that inspiration definitely comes through other awesome content I couldn't agree more that's a huge impetus for the show in general uh, so what's the last score you listened to that where it's like, you just had to go out and, and really go write your own? Oh, um, well, okay. So my all time favorite film score is, uh, from the movie who framed Roger Rabbit. That's my favorite movie also. But, um, and I remember like, I fell in love with it a long time ago and I kind of recently revisited it because, you know, I just needed some kind of inspiration for being able to jump from different musical genres because in that film 
it's like you go from either like 1940s film noir style jazz music to like 1940s like cartoon like Looney Tunes type music and it, they're very different and it's completely different feelings and for some re- reason it just works so well together and that film is just so good and the music it doesn't sound weird or out of place so I was like recently uh listening to that again and uh Jessica Rabbit's theme um I'm just like so obsessed with like the how jazzy it sounds and stuff but still kind of kitschy and cartoony and it just made me like get really excited and just for fun just kind of work on a piece that was a little bit similar just because I was like ooh. I don't know if I know how to write this kind of music. So I'm going to just try to see if I can figure it out. And, you know, I guess it's just, I feel like it's always fun to kind of revisit film scores that used to mean a lot to me that I haven't really focused on in a while. And it always kind of like re-inspires me. Hey, everybody. Before we get into our lightning round, just a quick announcement. Did you know that we record additional lightning round questions with every guest who comes on the show? It's unaired and exclusive for our Creative Lightning newsletter subscribers. These quick Q&As were designed to elicit actionable insights to help spark your imagination and propel you beyond your creative blocks. We uncover favorite resources and books and tackle issues relevant to all creators such as how do you stay motivated when it's hard? How do you generate your best ideas? How do you know when an idea is the right idea? What do you do when you are creatively blocked? To get our guests' answers to these questions and more, join the free email list at nextcreatorup.com slash creativelightning. And now, on with the lightning round. What's the most important part of your creative routine? Uh, Taking breaks. Definitely taking breaks. How do you know when an idea is the right idea? Um, I don't know if you really do until you're like completely done. I guess if like you're, you're trying to write a piece of music and it's not happening and you're kind of forcing it, it's probably not the right idea. You should probably just like stop because typically if it's a good idea, it kind of just flows naturally. Do you think that music is unique in that way compared to other types of creative work? You know, I don't know. I think that, um... I think that the thing with music is just that you, I feel like you kind of just hear it. And, and the thing is you have to build off of so much of like what, where you begin, you know, if you pick a key that you're going to write in, you know, that's kind of the key that you're writing in, or if you're picking instruments, those are the instruments you're using. And I think like, if you kind of start off on the wrong foot there and, and the idea isn't there, I think, you know, you have to change it. Um, But I also think it's like, you know, there with maybe other creative outlets you can maybe find a you know a way to kind of keep the idea but like change it or build upon it I think with music I mean at least for me I always just have to like start over (laughs) gotcha what book or books have had the biggest impact on your life oh definitely House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danieluski um that book is terrifying. Um, I've read it maybe four or five times and I think I get something out of it every time. I mean, it's not even, it's so hard to describe it because it's like, it's, it's such a crazy book, but, um, I think, uh, it made me want to write really scary music because the book itself is so scary that I wanted to make people feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure Jeff is very, very excited about that. 
Oh yeah. And that's one of his major influences too, which we kind of figured out like, you know, as we continued working together and we were both like, oh man, this is the best book ever. And like, I totally see the influence in his writing sometimes. And I think, you know, as much as a book can influence music, I think like you can definitely hear the influence. What's something you do to ignite your creativity? Um, I think just kind of uh, sitting down and just and playing music and just trying my best to like come up with something. Sometimes I just kind of allow myself like 30 minutes of just like playing on the piano and just kind of figuring it out. And like if that's really not working and things really aren't going well, I feel like a glass of wine typically can help ignite <laughs> that creative process. Touche. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Just, Sometimes you just need a, a glass of wine and just, you know, and then to just like allow yourself to, to get in the zone. Tom Petty plus wine. Oh yeah. That's basically my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> what part of your creative process do you find most satisfying? Oh, I think the best feeling is uh, when you kind of snap back into reality after spending like hours just focused in on what you're writing and you have your headphones on and you, you take them off and you look at the clock and you realize, oh man, like three hours has totally passed. And I've like, com like created all of this stuff. I think that just that feeling of like coming out of that and realizing like, oh yeah, I was just in this awesome, like almost meditative trance of like, just like listening to music only focused on what you're doing. And I think that just coming out of that is just the best feeling ever. So yeah, like being in a, in a flow state, plus you have the, mm -hmm. uh, the, would you say part of that is also the fact that you feel a sense of completion as well too. Like you got a lot of quality work done. Yeah. I mean that you seriously, there's no better feeling of just feeling like, all right, like, I did this all day. I, it was so it like, especially just thinking like, wow, that flowed so naturally that I didn't even like really realize I was doing it until now. Like that's just oh, the best feeling ever. So a few fill in the blank questions. Okay. When the going gets tough, I, I drink wine and listen to Tom Petty. <laughs> I love this. This is honestly for everyone <laughs> listening. This is the best piece of advice that can ever be given. Um, mm -hmm. the only thing I will say as a caveat to that is you can consume as much Tom Petty as you'd like. You should limit the amount of wine after a certain point. Yes, yeah. I completely agree. I co-sign that. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite wine varietal is. <laughs> huh. Um, I'm definitely a, I'm a cab girl for sure. Um, I also like a good Zinfandel, um, you know. <laughs> nice the the uh, full body reds yep <laughs> i get my best ideas when uh when i just like chill out when i just like let myself enjoy the process so it sounds like a, a theme that i've noticed is that pressure in general is something that really inhibits your creative process Oh, yeah. I, I think it's just, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, feeling the pressure of like, okay, well, I chose this as a career and I have to, this is, you know, this has to work. And I think it's just so easy to, to get super wrapped up in that. And I think that like, sometimes I just have to seriously like shake myself and be like, dude, just calm down, just relax, enjoy enjoy the process, enjoy writing the music, you know? Absolutely.
When I'm hard on myself about my work, I remind myself that it's not brain surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in being creatively blocked? Oh, yeah. It, It happens all the time. All the time. And aside from wine and Tom Petty, <laughs> how do you best navigate those murky waters? Um, again, I think taking breaks, really just taking a lot of breaks, making your, giving yourself five minutes to, to see what you can come up with. And if you're not into it, just not doing it. Because I think that like, you just don't need to force it. And you can definitely hear when you're forcing it. And uh, I always try to just step away. Are you structured in the breaks, almost like a Pomodoro or something like that? Or do you kind of go away from it and then you'll have an inkling or a thought will come to you and then you'll use that as a catalyst to get back into it? It depends. I think like the closer I am to a deadline, there's definitely, I'm way stricter about my breaks and I'm like, uh, okay, come on. Like now you need to actually like go try. But um, if I have like the time, I mean, I you know, ideally I like to let it just kind of happen naturally where like, I'll take some time away from it and then I'll kind of just get a feeling of like, oh, wait, okay, wait, I kind of want to go back and like, I think I know what to do. Like, I don't know. And I think just allowing it to happen naturally is like definitely the more enjoyable way to go. But, uh, you know, when it's getting down to the wire, I have to be like, all right, you have five minutes and then you need to get back to this. (laughs) Well, Corey, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. And where can people best learn uh, more about you and what you're working on? Where should they go? Uh, Well, I have a website and you can find it at CoreyCeleste.com, K-O-R-I-C-E-L-E-S-T-E. And uh, everything is there. You can find my social media, you can find all my music, you can find all the projects I've worked on and all the things I... I'm working on and um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll have all of that in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Corey. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, the best way to support us is by leaving a review on iTunes. This helps us reach a wider audience, which enables us to attract more interesting and inspiring guests for future episodes. And if you want to learn more about today's guests and to find the links and resources we discussed, check out our show notes at nextcreatorup.com and click on the link for this episode.